I think you have to find something that you know you can commit to and you know that you can be consistent with. I'd like to welcome Amy Woods to the Productivities Podcast. Amy, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. <laughs> so we started off the conversation. It's funny because we're doing this interview and it's earlier in the day for me than usual. <laughs> so we, I never asked you during that part of the conversation, um, are you more of a night owl or are you more of a morning person? Or are you like what they call like a diurnal person where you're more of like a nine to five? You're not too early, not too late. You know what? I used to be more of a night owl, like in my university days and things like that I'd be the one who was writing you know essays until three o'clock in the morning things like that um and then and actually no through through work I think I'm, I'm more of a night owl but I make the mistake sometimes of trying to be a morning person but forgetting that I'm still a night person and then going to bed really late and then getting up really early doing it for about three days and then being an absolute state <laughs> um so I need to commit to one or the other but naturally I fall towards night versus the mornings I think yeah I think and mm. we're saying that that that's an area that's kind of underserved and one of the things that that I've done with my content over the years is kind of trying to get better at honing what content should go where, what time to put things out, especially as I'm writing the book. Like there's some instances where, and this is the hardest part about, one of the hardest parts, there's a lot of hard parts about writing a book. And you've written a book, uh, you know, which which I definitely want to get to, the yep. Content 10X, which is, you know, basically that's what we talk about is 10Xing your content. Um, one of the, things, the hardest part I have had about writing a book was knowing what to hold on to to put in the book versus what to blog about because blogging, you get that instant that instant gratification, but with the book, you don't, you have to mm. kind of wait and wait. But one of the things that I wanted to get into, especially with relationship to, to productivity and time management is as a creator, I'm somebody that really loves to just deliver content and create something new because there's this part of me, maybe it's the artist, I don't know, that says, uh, oh, this has already been seen by someone this way, or this has already been heard, so I need to make something new so that because this is not out there yet. And I, I'm my brain now goes, yeah, Mike, that's wrong. Not everybody has seen everything you've done. But what you do is you say, okay, here's existing, like here's what you've got. Let's reach more people where they're at, right? I think that that's, yeah. and it, can we get into that a little bit? Because I think a lot of people, you know, when I speak to them, there is this propensity to create more instead of spreading it out more. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think people as you said, we're quite keen to get onto the next message and the next piece of content. And people can find themselves just in this hamster wheel of churning out lots of new content all the time, new content, new content, but not really making sure that enough eyes got onto the original pieces before you move on to the next one. And going a bit to all in on one one medium. So we're talking on a podcast right now and we both have podcasts. We both, I think, love listening to podcasts, but not it's not still not that mainstream. Like not everybody listens to podcasts. So 
what I talk about, what I teach, what my book covers is how can you get your message in front of the people who either don't consume the content that you put out as your core content. They do, but they need a reminder that the next, the last, you know, the next piece of content is out or they need to see it in different places to go over and consume that. Or, you know, and also just how can you communicate messages in ways that are specific to the platform you're communicating that message on so it's not regurgitating the same thing or copying and pasting or anything like that it's more taking the bigger picture of but what did I communicate and how can I communicate this in a different format and a different location as well one of the things that I've been spending time with is meet Edgar who sponsored previous episodes of the podcast and Mm -hmm. and the ability for me to be able to create different messaging and stuff like that was very easy you but can you go into some of the practical methods that you you talk about in the book? Not not a, we don't want to go too deep. We want people to pick up the book, but <laughs> that that are that people can do fairly simply and easily without necessarily having to uh, adopt a, a new piece of software or uh, or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, in the book, it's it's a bit like a, I suppose it's like a reference guide or a textbook in terms of, I cover all sorts of areas of content for the video creator, podcaster, blogger, but also how you can repurpose live events as an attendee, how you can repurpose talks if you're a speaker, webinars, things like that, membership site. So it it's more, I guess, about the overall mindset that you need to get into right. of, of seeing content always as an opportunity to be spread further and always looking at how you can go beyond. So I guess really in answer to this question, what simple things that people can do, it depends what your core content is, but maybe that is the the biggest tip, which is to focus on one core long form piece of content. So by long form, I mean, not like a LinkedIn posts or Facebook posts or tweets, but a long form piece of content as in podcast episodes, videos, blog posts or perhaps a a weekly live show something like that but something that's longer form and just focusing on one and 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 leaving the others so don't have a weekly podcast plus a couple of videos every week and uh, always try and get that blog post out as well and that kind of thing but actually just go all in on one and choose that as the as how you'll communicate your core message but then repurpose that core piece of content so that's where you can still have a blog post every week but start with podcast and have your podcast episode go out and then repurpose the podcast episode into the blog post and repurpose the blog post into 20 tweets and repurpose the blog post into that LinkedIn post as well. And it's about just being smarter with taking the message in one long form and then breaking it down. And if you don't have a big team and you you know, you don't have a budget to necessarily get help, it's not that you should do everything, but at least focus on one long form and then bit by bit, add one additional step and one additional process that can just take that from more than just one platform, but to another platform. Um, and, you know, to reach more people via hopefully a different format from written to audio to video to visual, whichever, you know, feels right for you and your audience, basically. So this had to have been an itch that you needed to scratch yourself. Like often we start <laughs> our own ventures and we write our own books and do that because it's either the book that 
needs to be written because no one else has written it and you need to read it or it's the business that you need to have in play because you need that help just as much as anyone else in fact you're like okay well well we were talking about this before the night owl stuff right like mike mm -hmm. you've got to write about that stuff because everyone's talking about the other thing and no one is specifically addressing the night owl stuff and i am a night owl so what was the impetus for you to say you know what i no one's doing this i need to do this like what led you down this path um, do you mean from the point of view of writing the book or just no, just starting? No, like it, it, yeah. <laughs> in general, because I mean, I think the book is, I think the book becomes, cause I know the book is, is fairly new by comparison to the business, right? Like I think exactly. it's the, yeah. and I know we'll, we'll, we'll do a follow-up question as to where the book comes into play, but what was the impetus for you saying, Hey, you know what? There's nothing. I need this. Clearly someone else. Well, here's, here's why I, I need to do this. Um, well, basically, I it's probably I'll give you a, in a nutshell, but background to me. But I, in previously before I had my business, Content 10X, I was a management consultant um, for 13 years with Accenture, and my speciality was was change management. It was and process analysis, process improvement, working in mergers and acquisitions and things like that. And so I'd spent over a decade in very uh, process-driven type area, setting up, analyzing processes. So my mind is is the, that way inclined, and, and I'll explain what I mean by why that's relevant in a minute. So that's my background. But I'm also very creative. I love creating content. Um, you know, I've got a very creative eye. And when I left my career and started my first business, it was more in the area of business consulting, business coaching, but in, a, in the online world and working with smaller businesses. And I was following all the people that when you first start out in maybe the online business world, you tend to find online like Pat Flynn, Amy mm -hmm. Porterfield, people like that, um, and learning all about the importance of content marketing. And um, I so I started to every week do a Facebook Live. And then um, you know, I'd, I'd heard a lot about repurposing and it, it, I guess it triggered in me, you know, the process side then, because you do a great piece of content and then have processes in place to make the most of it. So I'd set up my own little system of, I do the live, I extract the audio from the live, that can be a podcast, I'll turn it from a one hour video to a short little five minute video for YouTube, I'll create shorter ones for Instagram and Facebook, then I'll write the blog post based off it, and then because that's written, I'll create all the tweets and things like that so it was a, it was a you know a really well planned out system that I had in place for my content and I just immediately saw the opportunity that the system that I had set up working with different freelancers as well at the time like a copywriter a graphic designer to do various bits and bring it all together that system is, is just a sellable system like people would pay to outsource this entire process where they just did the start and then everything else was done for them and they didn't have to manage a graphic designer a copywriter etc so I, I spotted it as a business opportunity I saw there was a need there I met with Chris Ducker who we both know each other through don't we we first met at Chris's event mm -hmm. um I spoke to Chris about it because I went and attended a small kind of six person mastermind at the time. I knew that he'd bring people together who were content creators so I could present this idea in front of them. So I, I validated it by speaking to various people and then, um, yeah, and then, you know, slowly, like gradually brought it, but bring brought on customers and, and grew it to be bigger when working with podcasters, video creators, bloggers. But it was, I guess, 
for my skill set, if you saw what goes on behind the scenes in terms of every week, we've got all these different clients bringing in different content. There's so many different steps to get all the content created and all of it published and then go straight on to the next piece and do the same thing again with lots of different platforms and deadlines. So it lends to my background of managing teams, um, managing people with different skill sets and, and running really tight processes. But then it also lends to um, the creative side, like, you know, I absolutely love the fact that we're trying to stay on top of what works on each platform and how we can be as creative as possible with what we do. Um, so, you know, I guess I'm quite fortunate that I've crafted out a business that lends well to my background, but is very different and um, scratches the itch I always had for creativity as well. <laughs> well, and so you bring up an interesting point because I have a lot of people in, in my work that say you've got to keep up with the apps. There's a lot of productivity apps that are out there. And they're like, oh, you got to keep up with it. And it wasn't something that interested me. And yet, when you look at the ways that you can repurpose content, like especially we talk about social media platforms and things like that, and even blogging platforms, like there's new ways that things are happening there. And, and uh, you know, there's now ways where you can take your podcast, for example, and put up membership feeds just for podcasts, not even inside of a membership platform, but you can do things like, hey, if you want to subscribe to this podcast, not we're not talking Patreon or anything like that, that there, but mm -hmm. we're talking about like specific business models that are like, hey, you know, almost like a subscription audio service, which we've seen with, you know, satellite radio and stuff for years. They're just applying it to the podcast medium, which, as you mentioned, uh, what, 30% of the population are listening to podcasts? And I think that's just in America. It might be even smaller in different areas. Mm. Um, how do you keep yourself, like, because it's such a moving target and there's so many new platforms, that's got to be something that uh, you you um, you must really love doing that stuff to keep on top of it because it's such a, a moving target and the strategies are going to, they're going to vary and, and uh, change uh, constantly. Yeah, and you, you have to keep on top of what's working and what's not working. So, um, and, and when we work with our clients, we always say it's it's not necessarily about being everywhere. You do have to make sure that you're focusing on being where you know your audience are. So if if you really don't think that you have an audience on Instagram, we're not suggesting that you suddenly create lots of content over there, but you do know that you've got an audience on LinkedIn and, and uh, Twitter, let's say. So let's focus on those. So we, we try and make sure that we focus on the platforms that our clients are on. And then I guess it's a few things really. Observing ourselves, we're Working in the trenches, what what is working and what isn't working, and um, and then going all in on what is and, and leaving what isn't. So observing just through what happens through our own actions, but also, yeah, we just need to you know keep on top of it from following and listening to what other people are saying. I try and make sure that I can attend, you know, some events that I can get to where I can I can learn, you know, like anyone else, just learn what's happening. But they they, they change so they do change very quickly, don't they? Mm -hmm. Um we, we, we just we just look at what is working, you know, more than anything, because even if somebody says that something works for them, that's them, their audience, their industry. And just because it works for them doesn't mean that it works for somebody else in totally different audience or totally different type of content. So, you know, we, we listen to what other people are saying, but I, I do love it. I, I love that it's fast paced and I'm used to 
working in that kind of fast paced area, I guess. And when things change, I think it just gets all the more interesting. And I know a lot of people complain about algorithms going ruin everything. And like, you know, you just get things working on a certain platform and then some algorithm goes and ruins it. But I don't really think that is the case if you're putting out really quality content. I think, you know, quality still wins overall and you shouldn't be too dependent on any particular platform anyway. You should be confident that if you're putting out really good messages and you're just aware of how it's best to communicate that message on a certain platform, you'll always outwin the algorithms in the end. Well, and, and I mean, if you're consistent too, and I think that's the other thing, right? Like consistency yeah. is is huge because, I mean, we're we're now at, you know, we're well into uh, oh, this podcast been running for a long time, you know, as we go through this. And this is one of the things that, that I've been hesitant to do. And I think that bias is still there. Like, I have so many episodes of this podcast that I could go back and either just create a best of episode with a podcast that already exists because we know that, you know, podcast uh, apps only go back so far and people aren't going to go back 200 plus episodes to find one particular episode. But there's also ways that I could say, hey, I asked the same question. And Pat Pat was really good at this when, when we were both at Social Media Marketing World, I think that same year. It might have even been when I was at Traffic and Conversion. Pat talked about like asking the same questions or having a series of questions that you could ask people. So that way, if you wanted to put an episode together, it was just on that theme or that subject matter, you've already got it ready. How much, mm -hmm. when you work with someone, how much planning, like how, because a lot of people, when they create content, some of it is not necessarily thoroughly thought out. Like it's just, Hey, I'm going to write about this thing or, Hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do this. And, and then all of a sudden, um, maybe they don't feel they can repurpose it because, you know, you're going to be kind of untangling the holiday lights, so to speak, after you put them away, like, where is all this <laughs> stuff? How, how important is planning in this process for you? Yeah, I mean, so when we we have a very slick process where you know we receive the content and then we repurpose it as best we can as to what we've agreed but we um we do sit down with our clients and and help them work out what they you know who they're talking to you know what what consistency and messaging needs to be coming out in the content and um you know plan yeah planning it out so you're not just throwing out content for the sake of it but that there's actually a strategy behind it and really clear calls to action as well so we will you know we'll speak to our clients if the, it just seems to be coming a bit haphazard in 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 messaging and that there's no real call to action or if we feel like there isn't a really specific audience that they're talking to but you know, I guess we also just let them do their thing as well. You know, we can't, we don't, we don't necessarily uh, tell them off or anything. We just try and steer in the right direction if we see things going a bit off. But more when we start working with brand new clients, it's the fun time because that's when, especially if they're launching something like launching a podcast, we really dig into, you know, the whole kind of who, you know, why, what's the call to action? Why are you doing this? What's the first 10 episodes going to look like? What's the next 10 going to look like? And make sure it's aligned because we mainly work with businesses as opposed to, you know, more um more more hobby podcasts or anything like that so it we're always about what, how is this aligned to your business and and what do you people what do you want people to actually do and if you're putting this time and effort into it what action will move the needle in your business which makes it actually you know content marketing that is going to deliver a return on investment for you as well so we kind of dig into that as well managing passwords can be a real headache right think about it 
Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepasswordcom slash ProductiveConvo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. All right, we're going to take a break from the conversation. But when we come back, Amy and I are going to dive deeper into her book. But right now, I want you to start diving deeper into the parts of your business that you really should be spending your time on. And when running a business, HR issues can really kill you. Wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations, and HR manager salaries aren't cheap. They're an average of $70,000 a year. Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, was created specifically for small business. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance, all for just $99 a month. And with Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. And from onboarding determinations, they customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day-to-day, all for just $99 a month. You didn't start your business because you wanted to spend time on HR compliance. Let Bambi help and get your free HR audit today. Keep in mind, this is month to month. There's no hidden fees and you can cancel at any time. So what I want you to do is go to Bambi.com slash timecrafting right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi.com slash timecrafting. Once again, that's Bambi spelled BAM to the B-E-E dot com slash timecrafting. Take advantage of this free HR audit for Productivity as Podcast listeners today. One of the things that can keep you from really taking your content to the next level, if you're a content creator, is getting stuck in your email inbox. And let's face it, inbox zero is a thing of the past. We are also inundated with email now that it's really no longer about responding to everything. In fact, when you do that, then you can't make that content that you need to create. It's really about responding only to the important things, to the messages that truly matter. And that's where SaneBox comes in. Think of SaneBox as a uh, robotic Marie Kondo for your email. 
As messages flow in, Sanebox does the triage for you, leaving only the important emails in your inbox and directing all the other distracting stuff to your Sane Later folder so that you can get to it later if you want. So you know what messages to pay attention to now, and then what stuff you can get to later on. Now, Sanebox also has a ton of other nifty features, including Sane Black Hole, where you can drag your messages from annoying senders that you never wanna hear from again. And then there's Sane Reminders, which I really love, because what it will do is ping you if someone hasn't replied to your email by a certain date. I use that with podcast guest requests a lot for people who need to send me books or just to let them know that we need to plan for the upcoming episode that we're going to record. Best of all, Sanebox can be used with any email client or phone anywhere that you check your email. I want you to see how Sanebox can magically remove distractions from your inbox with a free two-week trial. Just visit sanebox.com slash timecrafting today to start your free trial and get a $25 credit. That's sanebox.com slash timecrafting. Do that today. Frankly, take the insanity out of email by giving Sanebox a try today. Whenever I talk to any of my podcast guests, I wind up learning something. Learning's a real passion that I have, and that's why I'm really happy that the UCI Division of Continuing Education continues to sponsor this podcast. The UCI Division of Continuing Education has courses and certifications in a wide range of categories, from business and leadership to IT, project management, law, human resources, and over 60 convenient certificates and specialized studies programs that you can take that are designed for the working professional like you. There's online courses that are taught by expert instructors with industry experience, and they offer flexibility and a real immersive, and that's the key, immersive online classroom experience where you can collaborate with your peers. Now, what online courses allow you to do is uh, if you're a busy working adult, for example, you can take classes at your own time. And that's really, really important. That flexibility factor is so huge. Continuing education is a great way to stay abreast of developments and best practices in your field, but it also can help you gain the edge in your career or help you launch a business. And that's what the UCI Division of Continuing Education can do for you. And it, again, that flexibility you get, which helps you stay on top of your game and your current role, and also gives you that flexibility while you're preparing to level up. Certificate programs offer best practices and they, they teach the most relevant practical skills. So whether you want to take a certificate program that offers an in-depth body of knowledge to ensure that you gain mastery of a particular topic or a specialized studies program, which features shorter, more concentrated curricula, it, let's say you're short on time, both are distinctive achievements that can help prepare you for career advancement or transition. And here's the thing, you can advance your career in as little as six months. Now, enrollment is open for the summer quarter right now. Courses begin as early as June 22nd. So if you're interested in learning more about these programs, but are kind of concerned about the cost, then the UCI scholarship options are available for those that qualify. So check out ce.uci.edu slash productivityist and then enter the promo code timecrafting to get 15% off of one course. That's ce.uci.edu slash productivityist and then enter that promo code timecrafting, get that 15% off of one course. Now, this offer is only valid until July 31st, 2020 at 11.59 p.m. And keep in mind the discount is for almost all of the certificate programs. The exceptions include coding boot camps, international programs, teacher credentialing programs, and test prep courses. Jump on this offer while you can. Visit ce.uci.edu slash productivityist. Enter that promo code timecrafting. Get 15% off of one course today. 
And now let's get back to my conversation with Amy Woods here on the Productivity is Podcast. Now we talk about the book because the book is basically you walking the talk, right? <laughs> I mean, the service, you've got the, you've got the business and now the book. And when you wanted to put the book together, was that the idea? You're like, hey, you know, we, why don't we repurpose what we talk about with our clients in, in a form so that a, cause we all, I mean, books tend to act as almost like a calling card or a business card, right? Like to a degree where it's like, oh, mm. now I want to work with you or, oh, you know, I mean, we look at, we look at a ton of different books out there that teach practices and processes and we're like, okay, great. Now I have it. And then you can take things to the next level with, with other forms of that, that core content being repurposed. And I mean, I'm going to link to the, not only the book, but you know, your blog has several different examples of people who took like Mike Morrison. We talked about Mike before, right? The idea of the yeah. book becoming something more, you know, the book that they wrote, right? Uh, or the book that he wrote rather that get, like pushes into something completely different, like not different, but presented differently. So was the book born out of like the, Hey, I, I should like, this is something that we can do to kind of, you know, re you know, show people showcase what we do and, and in, in a, in a book format, or was there more to it than that? Well, basically, um, for the first year or so of running the business, the only the only you know revenue generating side was the service, which you know it's we're, we're an agency basically that specialises right. in repurposing. So our clients would be on the service, and then if you weren't um, con if you weren't a customer of ours, then you could consume the free content. So I have my podcast and then um, the blog content as well. So there was this kind of I guess gap really because it went from free content to um, you know a, a fairly um, high priced service I guess it's it it's around a thousand to two and a half thousand dollars a month depending on on what people have for a weekly service so you know it's not at everybody's price point so when people maybe came in in touch with us who were interested in the service but it wasn't quite right for them the next thing was well great we'll consume you know listen to the podcast and and uh, read the blog and there wasn't anything in between and I also felt like quite a lot of my podcast listeners were more people who were DIY kind of doing it themselves um maybe in the early stages of the content as well so the podcast wasn't necessarily leading to where I made money from uh, my business it was just free content helping people so uh, one aspect of it was that it was like the 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 business gap of having nothing between free and fairly high price so I wanted a product that could just uh, sell you know that wasn't dependent on resources or so just a repeatable product that I could sell and something to bridge that gap and we have this toolkit that um, people can buy that is then the next gap between book and service too where people can get lots of templates and tutorials to help them apply what's in the book that's coming out soon so that was the next step so one thing was just the need that to, to direct people other than free content but it, I the reason that I waited a while to do the book was because I wanted to repurpose all of the podcast episodes and blog posts into the book and it didn't work quite that way like I, I waited till I had over a year's worth so I had like 50 50 odd blog posts and I thought right and now's about the time to start planning out this book but then it took another year to to actually get the book written and, and out and the, and the reason for that was it wasn't as, as straightforward at all of 
just lifting blog posts. So there isn't really, a, well, there isn't a single blog post that's kind of lifted into the book because when I sat down and planned out the, the sections and the chapters and what I wanted to teach everyone, what was so good there was I, I didn't let my current content dictate that. I wanted the book to be the book that it should be. And then I mapped over, okay, what do I have existing that could go into that chapter and into each chapter? So I noticed loads of gaps where there were things that I wanted in the book that I'd never done an episode on and never spoken about. So it helped me with future content and it helped me address those gaps. And it, it then helped me to then, you know, I created that content and wrote the book. So it took ages and and then um, it just became bigger and bigger. So it's actually quite thick and there's, I don't know, there's over 100,000 words in this book. It's three and 400 pages or something like that. <laughs> so it became a, a big book because I think I just became so passionate about it as well. So um, I literally do want people to just pick it up and there will be a really valuable chapter on exactly what they're about to do right I'm about to do a webinar how could I repurpose this and then they go to that chapter and stuff so um so I got a bit carried away probably as well there probably could have been two books but it all came out as one book um and whether I don't see that you know if people read the book I don't necessarily see that they would go on and necessarily work with us um with our service because it may not be for them they may want to do it themselves so I more just see that I hope you know all over the world like I really do want it to just become a, a book read everywhere that people will turn to and as the book that they go to when they're trying to look at how they can make the most from their content um and yeah so it it wasn't it may have started off almost as a, a a product gap and a big thick business card but then it just became so much more when I got really into it I guess <laughs> well I definitely want people to pick up the book and I'm going to link to it in the show notes but one of the things I want to do before we wrap up is mm. you know you talk about the different areas the podcast video live talks mm. blog um you you've spent time looking at the trends I mean even recently I took a workshop where people are saying hey you know TikTok you got to look at TikTok <laughs> and my daughter looked at me and said no dad not for you. Like, come on. Like, but honestly, if I wanted to explore TikTok, I've got a teenager in my house, so I could easily look at that. Yeah. Um, but when you're looking at the, you know, uh, if someone was new to this, let's say they're starting a business and they've, and let's say they've got all four, they've been doing, or not, let's not even say all four. They've got the, the, the three core elements of content that most people online will have, which is, you know, audio, like they've, they've started a podcast, they've done some stuff on YouTube and they've got a blog and they're kind of, you know, um, they're, they're juggling all these. And, and I'm one of those people for sure. Uh, where, in your opinion, um, and again, I, I'm sure this can vary, but if someone was saying, okay, this is the one, what one do you think has the most potential right now? And then should be the jumping off point to create to 10x the content beyond that? Yeah, so I would say if if you're comfortable with it, because not everybody is, it's definitely video um, without question, because with video comes audio anyway. So you have mm -hmm. both. So with video and audio in one go. And, you know, then with video, you can write that blog post too. You can write a blog post based on the topic or, you know, get a transcript and then wordsmith that out into a post. So it's the most 
you get there's so many different dimensions to video with blog posts it's more challenging because you don't have any other dimension there um you can create graphics from them but and then you know podcasts are fantastic but you don't have you on camera and all of that and and then I'd go one step further and I would say again if you are comfortable doing this because I know it isn't for everyone but I think the the icing on the cake is if you can do live video as well. And the reason I say that is because I think you can segment your live videos so that you can have a section within it that is like the YouTube video or, you know, the value add section where you don't respond to comments and you present on your topic. So you ideally you start with live aspects, interact with people, let them know that you're going to present on something for the next 10, 15 minutes or so. And then at the end of that, you'll get to all the comments and questions. And the bit in the middle is like the the goal that can go on to become the podcast episode, the blog post, the video that goes onto YouTube and all of that, because the live aspects aren't going to be that interesting to a non-live audience. So you can get rid of those. But if you start with live, you build a community, you provide access to you, you can, you know, you're showing that authenticity and transparency and providing an experience basically on top of content because the live aspect brings more than just content but inside that live is a core aspect of content too that core bit of video that can become so much more and you can slice and dice the video into short little videos to put onto uh, different social media platforms and create portrait videos for stories and things like that so you can slice and dice the video you can turn it into audio you can turn it into written content turn it into social content and provide everything the community building and access to you as well so it's like one single weekly piece of content that can create so much but I would always say that consistency is so important that if you if you feel so uncomfortable at the thought of video or the thought of live video and you don't like it and you're doing it because you've been advised but you find it as this terrible chore and and, and you don't want to do it then it's likely that the consistency could drop over time because you really don't want to be doing it so I think you have to find something that you know you can commit to and you know that um, you can be consistent with and if everything aligns that that for you is live video then that is definitely the winner in my opinion. Well, and Amy, one of the things that I've noticed going in, especially since now that I'm doing, you know, more YouTube stuff over the past several months is the idea that, you know, um, by doing one per month, so I do one live per month and what that's done is it's increased my view hours because people are sticking around, right? So it's a longer form video, which has allowed me to put into myself in a position to monetize, which would have taken a lot longer to do when I just doing shorter videos. But not only that, um, I think the biggest thing for me there was there was this propensity for me to say, I'm just gonna do a whole bunch of live videos on YouTube and and, and get that watch time up and all that stuff. But I realized there's gonna be some stuff that I want inside of Time Crafting Trust, you know, my membership site. So for so again, that planning bit for me was really important because mm. I need to make sure that certain stuff I wouldn't say is behind the paywall. But I mean, to a degree, you want to make sure that, okay, this, like I've planned my live, my live workshops on YouTube, these YouTube live events, I've already planned 12 of them, like the next 12 months, 
right? Mm. And that doesn't mean, and I think this is an interesting scenario, and I, I love it. It doesn't mean that I'm going to necessarily stick to that plan. I, may, the, I mean, sometimes the wind will blow in a different direction, right? You're like, oh, well, this is a trend I want to go down. So, it, but by having a, I mean, there's that old adage, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, Dwight Eisenhower said, I find when going into battle, planning is useful, but plans are useless, right? Like, the, <laughs> yeah. you know, I think that, I think that, and, and what, what I love about what you're doing is that it, it you, you, there's forethought, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's, you're being thoughtful about it because I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of people misinterpret the advice of like, say a Seth Godin who says, you know, just ship. I don't think mm-hmm. Seth means like, just put whatever you want out there. Like, it's like, don't, don't get caught up in the perfection component of it because there's going to be other ways that you can reach people, but it's the consistency piece. Right. And, and like with productivity, you know, efficiency and effectiveness come after consistency, like up come after the, like, Hey, I'm going to pay attention to this. Okay. Now I'm getting better at it and I'm getting faster at it. And I think the same thing applies here. Right. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and I, I agree with what you said about the, the you know, the Seth Godin. And it, I, I think that if you, if you create content where you have already at least given some thought as to what you are going to repurpose it into, then you'll find, you know, it, it just makes sense that it will then repurpose so much easier. And it is a quality play online with content these days. You know, there's so much content being created every single day. It, it you know, years ago, it did used to be, I don't know, like in 2000 and 10 years ago, let's say 2009, you know, people were maybe being told to blog like a blog post a day and for some people that strategy was working because it wasn't there wasn't as many blog posts out there then but it doesn't work like that now it's a quality play so I think you have to plan in advance and you have to know that quality is going to win overall on these longer form pieces of content but also with the shorter bite size as well but if you are creating shorter snackable bite size content for different social platforms not by just throwing things out there but basing them off something quality to begin with where your message was really well thought through and you'd really considered audience and and why you were putting it out at that point in time and things like that too then with quality comes more quality which spreads across the platforms and the quality will win at the end of the day and you know when you hear people saying oh post like 10 20 30 times a day I just think that that's ridiculous to be honest and it's it's totally unnecessary and it's better to just have that plan focus on quality and and spread it in different ways focusing on the platform but if you don't plan things out then it's just not going to work and like you said but being agile and um not being a slave to the plan that you've created Mm -hmm. but actually um Paying you know, attention. Being nimble. Yeah, yeah being paying nimble. attention. Yeah, the video, exactly. The, yeah. the gift guide video that I did over the holidays was not the video I planned. But then I looked <laughs> at what was going on YouTube and said, there's a lot of gift guide videos. I should do one. And then, but then again, much like this, I mean, because as we're recording this and as we get close to wrapping up here, we're recording this months in advance like this i mean uh, a bit behind the curtain here we're we're this is this is december as we're talking here uh <laughs> hence the 2019 reference but this is airing you know months down the road because um that having that freedom because when you do that you've got some freedom and flexibility to play with things and so then you can do things you can be nimble you can say you know what um i had another video or a podcast or or a blog post pan but but let's oh wow there's like five of these things happening right now and then 
making a decision as to whether or not you can put something like that together. And we did. We were able to put a video together really quickly. I'll link it in the show notes because the holidays mm-hmm. happen. I mean, you could buy a gift at any time of year, right? But that was the other thing, too, is saying, do I want to make this a holiday gift guide or just a gift guide? And then just during those times of year, promote it more readily, right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, yeah. it, it, I think there's this idea. And, and you and I both understand what Seth Godin meant by just ship it. He didn't mean just start putting stuff out there and see what happens. It's, it's again, it's, it's, it's being strategic, but not being so, um, not getting into this paralysis analysis situation, like saying, okay, you know what? I've got a plan. Oh, I need to shift gears because this is the way the wind is blowing right now. Or this is the way that I feel like, you know, I feel like doing it right now. And, and when you start thinking that far ahead, you see things like I'll give you another quick great example is I was talking to my video guy the other day uh, and and I'm like, we're going to do YouTube live on this date. And then I looked at the date I had planned and realized, oh, I'm going to be on a plane. Now, I hadn't told anybody that those in the live was going to happen, but I'm like, OK, good thing I looked because now I have to move it. And then what that did was moved every subsequent live to a degree because I want to have a, a proper cadence there. Right. So, yeah, putting a plan in place like again that idea of, of having some forethought and, and what, I, again, what I love about what you do is, is there's almost, it's, it's, in, it's not only it, there's a compelling, you know, need or desire to do it because then you're going to be able to put your best foot forward with the quality of what you're putting out there, mm-hmm. as opposed to just throwing things out there and seeing what happens. Yeah, exactly. And I think as well, um, it's about attributing the right amount of time to the different tasks and you know, being aware of whether this is a longer form or evergreen piece of content that you want to, you know, live on for ages and help you get found by search engines and things like that. So the content that you put on your website and things like that versus being, you know, a bit more playful with the things that you do on social media. So you shouldn't spend as much time planning out some, you know, a, a Facebook post or something like that where you, where over a long form blog post because the, the returns, there's no, you can't even compare the returns like that. That's going to be gone within hours. It's social, whereas search, you, you're playing for the longer term. And so I think, you know, just looking, being really careful about where you distribute your time. You're not building the Sistine Chapel when you write a tweet. So don't spend forever on that. But it's worth spending more time on the areas that are going to bring you a bigger return in the longer term. So, you know, it's it's an allocation of time in the smart way based on the returns and not better getting too carried away with um, how short term and fickle some of the social posts can be anyway. So it, you can be playful and see what works. Last question for you. How important is patience in this whole process? Oh, I think it's so important. (laughs) So, um, and you have to be aware of how long things can take to take off. So um, I I think a good example is, you know, when you're in podcasting, you have to be so patient um, to grow an audience as a podcaster and to grow the right audience as well. And if you are looking at, at what will work and what won't work you you shouldn't give up so quickly because you don't know if you're just on the cusp of something great so I think um it's all in the long game I think it's an you know an an equity pay on your your brand and your and what you do that you have to have blind equity at first and then hope that it pays off so yeah I mean you must have found that right with oh yeah um, 
yeah, it's a, it's a long game, isn't it? Well, that's just it. And I think that, that when you see people releasing like 12 podcast episodes at once to try to, I mean, I, I get it. There's some strategy there, but you know, I, there's so many people in the podcast like that are starting podcasts, especially now that there's, a, you know, there's this hotness element to it. They're like, okay, well, I only have this many downloads. How did you, how did you get to this many downloads? I'm like, mm. uh, 200 plus episodes of this podcast <laughs> yeah. plus like another nine year, like another several years of podcasting. Um, it's not an over, I mean, you, you have to, you have to be patient with it. And I think that, um, we don't live I mean, it's like, I talked about the book element. Like there's something about writing a book versus writing a blog post that there's a different, there's a different element to it. There's a different weight to it, to a degree. And you can't things that go on a blog post, um, or they go in a book that you could put in a blog post. Sometimes you shouldn't do because you have, it's going to have a greater impact in, in the confines of that book or the context of that book. So rather than, you know, fall victim to the, Oh, I'm going to get that instant gratification. Like, like you would mm. with, you need to kind of say, okay, ho, 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 let's be patient. Let's get this book out. And then from there, cause I mean, I'm sure you've come, you've got this now where you've got this book out there and you're like, okay, now I have this compendium that I can draw mm. from to make, you know, to live by the mantra that this book espouses, right? Yeah, yeah, true. Um, but yeah, you, and you, you, but I'm, I completely agree with you. You, you have to be um, patient and know when to play, uh, what what cards to play. And I, I think as well, just because you know something and you can communicate something, uh, it doesn't mean that you should as well. So right. you need to know you need to know what is is right for you in your messaging. And you mentioned earlier as well about when you have uh, content, premium content that people pay for, and in that, and it's really important to know what is right for the premium content and what is right for your free content as well, isn't it? And not and making sure that you've planned out that balance so you don't um, get confused with that and then and leave yourself in a bit of a muddle with that if that's your business model as well. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. Mamie, this has been great. This has been absolutely <laughs> fantastic. I've got a link to everything that we talked about in the show notes, but where can people learn more about you and pick up the book? The best place would just be to head over to content10x.com because you can find everything over there on the website. Amy, thanks for joining me today on the Productivities Podcast. Thank you for having me. It's been fantastic.